Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, I'm Howie Spangler. This is Tales from the Green Room. This is episode number 94. We are slowly approaching that 100, that episode 100, and I got something really cool that's going down for episode 100. I cannot discuss it yet, but you will know soon enough. Um, Episode 94, man, what a great year. 94 was my favorite year of all time. It was a coming-of-age year. I was turning 14. My body was changing. (laughs) I don't want to get too graphic. Um, But yeah, things started happening. Uh, And then 94 was the best year for movies and music. Best year, hands down. I mean, seriously changed my mind. You're not going to change my mind. It, it was Forrest Gump, The Mask, I think Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, right? Uh, Dookie. Um, uh, uh, what else? I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Shawshank Redemption. 94 was the best, man. That Christmas, I mean, Kurt Cobain died. That sucked. You know, but that Christmas we got the Nirvana Unplugged album, one of the greatest albums ever. I mean, such a great year. I kind of wish we could go back. I love embracing the future. But man, the movies and music, the quality back then was just unmatched today. They, They just don't make them like they used to, you know? Um, some of your thoughts on that. What do you think about 1994? Was it the greatest year of music and movies like I believe it to be? Or do you have other ideas? Um, okay, just got back from the uh, the, the run with Eric Rachmani and Kyle Ahern and the John Dank boys. Uh, it was a wonderful time. Um I uh, really enjoyed myself. It was very cool to get out there again and just do the stuff on my own. Uh, I hadn't done that in a while. I've done a lot of acoustic shows in my life, you know, by myself. But, you know, it was very different. I mean, I did this last summer, 2018, um, with the Meager Kings guys. And uh, we went down to Florida and kind of hit the southeast a little bit. And that was about two weeks, and it was great. I think, yeah, Mike Pinto was on that too. And it was great, you know, it was nice to... That was my first kind of outing solo with other guys that were like solo. And uh, it was exciting, you know. And this time was even better. It was, uh, you know, obviously Eric has a very big lovable following. um, And uh, a loving following, following... Um, he uh, is the singer for Revolution and he brings out uh, Kyle, his guitar player they have a great story too Like Kyle got into the band because of a YouTube contest, I believe it was like a jam with the band contest that they do, they do. I think they do it every year and they ended up Eric went back to him after he won when he realized that it'd be cool to have another guitar player in the band and he asked him if he wanted to be in the band it, it was it was wild it's like one of those dream come true moments you know um i always had that dream as a kid like uh billy joe hurt his arms eating pancakes 
Oh, it was awful. He almost ate his hands. He's injured. He needs someone to play guitar for him for the tour. Would you like to join the band, Howie Spangler, and play guitar for Green Day? And, you know, that was that was the dream. Um, so, great for Kyle, man. What a great situation. And he's a good dude as well. Uh, the fame has not gone to his head. I can tell you that. Um, but, man, it was awesome. It was a, it was a great... Uh, experience being in front of his crowd um, and uh, you know there was a lot of Ballyhoo fans there as well which was great a lot of people every night singing the songs so that was wonderful you know because it was weird like the, the first night in Denver they uh, I went backstage after my set and there Eric and the guys were like man that's they were loving it you know and I was like yeah it was great and they're like it's got to be weird going out there by yourself you know, because like Kyle has, I mean, uh, Eric has Kyle and then the John Dank guys, there's like, there's like 11 of them. So it's like everybody kind of leaned on each other, you know, where like me, I'm just kind of by myself in the spotlight there. Got like 500 people just staring at me. Um, but it was great. You know, it was a little nerve wracking at first and I was jacked on coffee the first night because of traveling all day, a little jet lag. And, uh, yeah, it, I ended up having a great time and, and the, every night was just was just a lot of fun so thank you to everybody that came to those shows and bought my merch like bought my t-shirts and um said what's up at the merch table and uh it was just an all-around great experience and uh traveling with them and the brian their tour manager has shit locked um took care of everything and it was it was just a really fun experience i, I hope they asked me to do it again at some point um so catch the rest of that tour on the west coast um starting very soon uh, I believe it starts next week in Portland. Um, and Ted Bound from Pacifier is actually going to be in my place uh, for that, for the West Coast. So he's got a great thing going on with his loop station stuff. And just, it's going to be a great show once again for the, for the West Coast. So um, I'm going to be uh, at Secrets this Friday, December 13th, Friday the 13th, baby, um, with Brandon from Bumpin' Uglies. Uh, we're going to be playing acoustic together um at secrets for the uh the secrets slash ocean 98 radio station uh appreciation party for the listeners and the customers and uh so um come out to that it's free Uh, i'm not sure when i'm playing but I'll, i'll announce that on the on the instagram sometime this week so pay attention um yeah if you're around the area ocean city maryland um secrets is a cool spot and yeah, we're just going to have some drinks, and uh, I got this sick jacket. Uh, instead of a Christmas sweater, I got this Christmas like bomber jacket. It's going to be dope. Come check it out. Uh, and then, what else is going on? Uh, the YouTube channel, I, got, I only need like 39,000 more uh, view minutes in order to get monetized on YouTube. So um, if you wouldn't mind, go watch some of the videos. Uh, I'll be going live and, and um, doing some more acoustic performances over the next couple of weeks. So uh, I appreciate everybody that's that's watching and supporting on on that front. I don't like to ask for money, you know. Like, um, I just figured this is a kind of a cool passive way for for you to support. Just watching the videos supports me. You know what I mean? So um, I appreciate that very much. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody that's been watching and um, taking in all the content lately. I try to I'm trying to be everywhere, and I just like making things, as you as you know. So um, yeah, 
Uh, today, I'm going to start the track-by-track uh, track series for The Force of Habit, the new EP that I just released uh, two Fridays ago now. Um, so in the first 10 days, we got 20K streams at Spotify alone. I mean, I was amazed, man. I, it hit number one at iTunes Reggae. Uh, I was not expecting that at all. I thought maybe top 10, definitely top 20. I, th- I thought I was like, I'm good enough for top 20. You know, I think it can happen. There's enough love out there. Then I was like, but maybe the top 10, that would be cool, you know? You know, I'm competing with Bob Marley's Legend and all the Stick Figure albums, you know? It's like, and the Revolution albums, all these bands that do really well in that that genre. And it hit number one. And it was there for, I think, I think it was there for the weekend at number one. I can't remember now. Uh... But at least the first two days, it was there for number one. Um, I am so grateful and thankful for all of you out there that are supporting everything that I do. It means a lot. I, I did one week of promotion officially, you know, leading up to that. I, I it came together very fast, and I uploaded the night that I got the master back from Lander. Um, and it's just, I don't know. Um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed and it's kind of unreal, you know? So thank you all very, very much for that. I'm going to keep putting out music and Ballyhoo's got some new stuff coming out as well. We have a new single coming out next month and I'll talk about that as soon as it's scheduled because, you know, you don't want to be premature about stuff. As soon as I have it uploaded and and it's in the system with with our distributor, I will uh, announce all that cool stuff with Ballyhoo. Um... We're also going out with Iration uh, next in February after One Love in Long Beach. So get tickets for that. Uh, but yes, I digress. Back to uh, the Force of Habit EP. This is the track by track series. I'm going over all the songs, how they all came together. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions lately. What's this about? What's this about? And I thought this would be a fun way to do it. So, um, all right, enjoy. This is, uh, we're going to talk about All I Ever Wanted, the opening track on the first Force of Habit EP. All right, here we go. Hello. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Force of Habit EP. Um, so it's this is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um, I was just, uh, I had these songs that um, were kind of like not fully done. Um, songs that, old songs that maybe we had recorded for old Ballyhoo records, but never made it for whatever reason. Um, you know, ideas that I had in my head for a while. And I've been so preoccupied with the Ballyhoo stuff and working with, like, the Bumpin' Uglies and I'm working with uh, um, Educated Fools right now and uh, Callisto and all these other projects. And I, I, I enjoy all of it, you know, uh, on top of family and stuff like that. Um, I... I felt like, especially with this uh, Eric Rockmoney tour coming up, I was like, I got to have something to to tour on, you know, something to promote, something of my own. Um, and uh, so I worked as I worked really hard, <laughs> um, staying up all hours. And Danielle and the kids were very understanding, very supportive the whole time. So I, I you know, thank them for that. 
Um, and that sort of kind of comes into what this this first song is about, All I Ever Wanted. Um, so I wrote All I Ever Wanted actually back in 2007, I believe. Um, and it was we recorded it for the Cheers album. We recorded like like 21 or 22 tracks, something like that for the, for the Cheers album with Scotch Ralston. Uh, you know him from 311. He produces and engineers 311. Um, he had hit me up on MySpace actually back in the day, just randomly. Hey, let's make a record. And I was like, what? And I recognized the name. I was like, holy shit, this is the real deal. And it was the real deal. So we got in the studio with Scotch Ralston and we recorded Cheers. Um, so all I ever wanted uh, originally was called uh, "All I Want," and I think I didn't really like the the title back then, because um, I remember not not liking it this time. Once I thought about it again, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not, all I ever wanted. You're all I ever wanted," just like the the chorus says. Um, so let's keep it simple, you know. Uh, so. Yeah, when it came time to make the CP, um, I started digging around in old demos and things, and uh, I was like, "Well, well, shit! This is this was always a cool song. I always enjoyed this song. I really I like the post-chorus part about the, you know, uh, so special like a four leaf four leaf clover. You're you're all I've ever wanted in a girl. Like, I've always I always love that that chord progression and the, the melody. Um." Kind of made me think of the Beatles, you know, for some reason. But, um, so it started out as kind of like a like a pop punk song, um, and it's the original version that we recorded for it was this, you know, heavy pop punk song, and like, um, I don't know if it was just, you know, we had so many tracks, we we ended up with eighteen tracks on Cheers, so, uh. It was one of those like okay, it was I guess it was one of the expendable ones like we didn't need we didn't need it on there because we already had so many other great tracks, and I guess unanimously, it was like all right you know I think I wanted it on the record but the rest of the band kind of vetoed it they were like ah we've we, we got these other ones instead you know. Looking back, we probably should have put this one on instead of um, uh, what was the one? Oh my God! Cheers. Uh, whatever you want and ever you need, I'm at your service. Um, oh shit, I think it starts with a P. It's like the least, the least downloaded, the least streamed song on the entire record. Uh, pathetic, pathetic. Yeah, it, it had, it in fact had pathetic sales and streams. It still does to this day, I think. I always thought this song was rad. I really liked the melody of it, but it just was not popular. So maybe we should have put this one on instead, but. Looking back now, I'm glad that we didn't because I was able to re-record it in this acoustic form and release it on this album. And it's very cool that it's it's the first track. It opens up the album. I like how the um, the top of it is just arpeggiated, just kind of starting on that D chord. And it just sort of sets up the vibe, I think, for the record. Um, and I, I, I liked, I think I added tambo to it. Um, I, I like having a little movement in the songs, you know, and a tambourine or a shaker is great for creating movement between the hits. Um, sometimes I feel like, uh, it's like having a hi-hat 
on a, you know, for a drummer, like when a drummer's doing kick snare, um, there are definitely some moments where just kick and snare are like, are great, you know, for that part. But for the most part, the hi-hat like helps create movement throughout the song and sort of creates the rhythm, you know, um, changing the difference, uh, the hit patterns on a hi-hat can, can really, you know, determine the vibe of the song really to me. And, um, so when you don't have a hi-hat or a drummer, um, you use the tambo to kind of create a little bit of movement and just get, you know, just help with the feel, you know, because sometimes even strumming on the acoustic guitar isn't enough to kind of convey the sort of, is this a faster kind of song? Is this like a more chill song? Um, so I use a tambo to kind of make it feel like a mid-tempo sort of pop-punk song. Um, so I wrote the song about my now fiance Danielle, almost wife. We're getting married in September. And uh, this was when it was basically based on our first year together. I was just super in love with her and um, still am, still am. Just want to clear that up. Um and she she was just very special to me and we came out of uh we were both in relationships when we when we met and um you know they didn't the, those relationships didn't necessarily end in the right ways i'll admit that but you know here we are 14 years later almost yeah it was yeah april 2006 so yeah almost 14 years later um, and we've got two beautiful kids. Uh, we're finally getting married, you know, and, uh, you know, it's pe- people joke and they say, oh, you guys are doing it backwards, you know, had kids first and then you, then you're getting married. Um, are there really any rules anymore? Like we don't, I'm one that, that believes that we don't have to live by the rules, right? Like by the necessary, I mean, obviously don't hurt people, things like that. Don't steal and be violent, you know. Um, but when it comes to, like, family, I mean, we just live in a different time. It's not the 50s anymore, you know. And uh, it's just the way it happened. Like, I didn't even want to have kids until, like, early 30s because I just felt like, you know, I need every second and every dollar to go back into this craft, into the into the band, and to kind of build the career first. And... When my kids, when my first uh, kid came along, my son, um, you know, I was living in, living in a town or not. Yeah, I guess it was like a townhome with this guy who was just a fucking slob, you know, and um, his dog would, you know, shit everywhere and because he'd be gone all day. I think if you have an animal, you should be home (laughs) at least for a few hours in the day, you know, um, and so he'd be gone like 10 or 12 hours. <clears throat> and I just lived in my room in his, I was just renting a room for like 600 bucks a month. And like, just completely, just complete piece of shit. You know, when looking back, I was 29. No, I was, I was 28 when, uh, when I found out she was pregnant. And I was playing... Arkham City, or no, Arkham Asylum on Xbox 360 at like probably one in the afternoon. 
um, I guess I had off work that day because I was, I was waiting tables and bartending at the time in Aberdeen. And, uh, so I, um, yeah, I was playing this video game. I was, I was, I was Batman, you know, I was sitting in my bed and it was the demo version. Like I didn't, I didn't have enough money to like buy the, the actual game. I was just playing the demo version over and over again. And, um, yeah, just trying to keep the, the dog poop smell from getting into my room and with candles and, you know, my room was definitely the cleanest room in the house. Um, so yeah, I get this text and it says, I am pregnant in all caps with like 13 exclamation marks. And I just, I saw it and I, I put, I looked at my controller for my Xbox. I looked at, I looked at Batman and I was like, well, so much for that. I just put it down. And I didn't pick up a video game controller for at least another six years. <laughs> Seriously, didn't start playing video games again until Dre was like six. You know, there's just no time for that. When when I do what I do, you know, live the life that I live, I'm going on tour constantly. Because I was on tour a lot back then. You know, when I found out he was coming, I was... I called management at the time. I called all the guys in the band and I was like... Dude, okay, so this is happening, and we need to raise our pay a little bit, and we need to pick up some more shows, you know? And so everybody was totally cool and supportive, which was great, because I was nervous calling everybody. I had to call everybody one at a time, you know? And it was like the weirdest thing ever. Um, And so I we started picking up more shows and I was touring like crazy. And then, oh man, wild. Um, So I guess really what I'm saying is like all this time that I've been away from home and, you know, Danielle's been super supportive of me and what I've been doing. And now that I have the podcast and I, I, I'm working the YouTube channel and, you know, the band's not touring as much. Like we don't have to tour as much because we're lucky enough to where the money's gone up uh, enough to where we can pay bills and sort of relax a little bit. Like nobody's rich by any means, but um, we've got no point where we can just sort of chill a little bit and take off when we want to. Um, and the, the streaming money, you know, we stream enough to where it actually looks like something every few months when we get those checks. Um, but it was very scary back then, back then. And, I think I've always sort of been like, you know, where someone else might be like freaking out about money or whatever. I I was never really one to like really be that way. I just was always like, the money's going to come from somewhere. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure out how to get this money. And, you know, I definitely took some loans from from, uh, family and things like that to, to get by. And I was lucky to have family along the way. Everybody has a different situation, but, um, you know, through all of it, Danielle was there and, um, you know, she put up with a lot and, you know, especially like dealing with the, with the kids and and everything while I'm away. So, um, yeah, I mean that, so this song, all I ever wanted was based off of, off of all that. Um, 
just her as a person and her, you know, it was, it was, it was me like just, I wanted to let her know how special I thought she was. And, um, so when it came time to make this record, again, I was listening to all this stuff and I was like, oh man, I should do that one. That'd be fun. Um, and it still stands today, obviously, you know, she's, she's right here by my side and we're killing it, you know? Um, so thank you very much for being there for me, baby. I love you. Um, yeah. Uh, so musically, um, it was actually originally in E. I started the song in E. Um, and this one, this version, I did it in D because, um, the, I think the, the way I sing in the chorus is it, it kind of gets up there. And so in E, it's, it's a whole step up. So I'm singing a little bit higher, but I just felt like it was a little too aggressive, um, for an acoustic version. So I, uh, I dropped it down a whole step to the D and, um, it felt good. You know, I sang through the song. I was like, okay, that, that'll work. Uh, and I just wanted to keep it simple, you know, nothing too crazy. I think, like I said, I think it's just tambo and, and, uh, and acoustic guitar. And I didn't go wild with, uh, with the backup vocals, the harmonies really on, on the, on any of the record. I just wanted to kind of keep it chill unless I felt like it needed something, you know, to help with the emotion or something like that. But, um, yeah, so look where we started. We're on our way. Uh, baby, where would I be without you today? It's like, um, you know, like I said, she's, she's, it felt like we had started a, a good thing when we got together and we were just head over heels, heels about each other. And I just was happy to be there, to be honest, because I feel like she's out of my league completely. She's so beautiful. And, um, how did she end up with me? You know, I think I was profiled. I think she, I think she saw how tall I was and I've heard girls like tall guys. So like, I feel like that's what happened. She's like, all right, he's really tall and we're going to have like good sized kids, good looking kids. I have like a European look, strong jawline, <laughs> cheekbones. I don't know. Man, I, that's, Maybe that's all in my head. Maybe she didn't care about that at all. But uh, yeah, so I just felt like we were onto something good, and um, and I just I just wanted to, I always wanted to touch her and kiss her and just be around her, you know. And um, so that was, you know, and we were wild in our twenties, man. We were, it was uh, crazy times staying up until six in the morning playing uh playing mario galaxy on the wii this is you know before the kids (laughs) so we'd go to wawa like i'd play a show and then we then we'd go to wawa at like two in the morning get a bunch of food get one of the 64 ounce iced teas with the subs and um play video games and eat until six in the morning then we wake up at like two in the afternoon and then we go do it all again. You know, I think twenties is like the best time to, to just fuck off, you know, to just be, just live out all your crazy dreams and, you know, just do dumb shit. 
because you're like invincible, you know? And uh, there's so many, so many dumb things that, that I did in my 20s for sure. And I'm just completely uh, scared <laughs> for, for my kids. I'm like, oh God, dude, don't do the dumb things that I did. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, so it was pretty much, that song's about just, just being in our 20s and, and finding each other and having wild times and um, having sex at 60 miles an hour while we're driving. What a dumb thing to do. So dumb, irresponsible. But man, at the time, it just felt like this is amazing. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this was a good decision. So stupid. Um, yeah, so uh, All I Ever Wanted is the first track on the record, The Force of Habit. Um, and uh, it seems like people are really enjoying that one. It's funny because. You know, I thought people would enjoy it back then, back in 2008 when we released Cheers. I was like, this is going to be a great song. And it somehow got vetoed from the track list. Um, but here it is, you know, making its debut. And it's one of the more popular tracks. It's just fun. It's just fun to see that all those years later, you know, I wrote it in 07. So 12 years later, finally gets released you know, it's a good feeling. And again, it was the fact that this thing went number one for a few days. It was, I don't know, it just blew my mind. So thank you all for, for listening to that, taking it all in. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it really. I don't want to, I don't know what else much to say about this one. It's just pretty cut and dry. Um, I'm really proud of it. I thought it turned out great. And I'm happy that it's out now, so. All right, well, uh, that was number one. That was track number one right there. All I Ever Wanted uh, from the Force of Habit EP. Um, I'll be doing more of these uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, so uh, stay, pay attention. I guess next time we'll do uh, we'll do doing work. I'm just going to go in order of the track list. We'll do doing work. That's got an interesting story there. So um, maybe a little bit longer episode for that one. Um, but yeah, if you haven't heard the EP yet, it's called The Force of Habit. It's available everywhere. Uh, my CDs are coming today. They'll be here today, and uh, I'm going to get the uh, the inventory and stuff together on the website. I've still got a few shirts left over from the tour, so if you'd like one of those, it's the first pressing of of the, uh, the t-shirts in the album theme. And I got a few left, so I'm kind of limited on sizes. I think it's only XLs and mediums so uh i'll be look out for that uh probably today or tomorrow i'm gonna start um putting that stuff on the uh instagram just you know for sale so uh, i'm thinking about signing all the cds and then selling them on the website so um if you want to get seven percent off if you're an artist and you want to get seven percent off on distro kid which is the service that i use to put to put the the force of habit out look listen the force of habit I used DistroKid to distribute it. It was a very simple process. And it made it to number one on iTunes Reggae. Okay? So, it, it's wild to think what can happen. If you'd like to get... I'm not saying that DistroKid had, it, had like made it easier to get one number one. I'm just saying that like you can use independent services. You don't have to be signed to a label. 
to get these kind of numbers. I know that the reason why it went to number one was because of all of you. Because I've built this trust with you guys. And, you know, even if you're not huge on the music, maybe you bought it just because you, you know, you want to support me. You know, it's just, it's wild. So um, if you want to get 7% off, uh, click the link in the caption here, the description of the podcast, and it'll take you over there. And you can sign up and you'll get 7% off. And it was it was already only like 30 bucks. So just get a few more dollars off, you know, and, and get your stuff out there. All right, cool. Well, uh, stay tuned for uh, episode 95. It'll be uh, doing work. And I can't wait to talk about more of these songs. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to talesfromthegreenroom.com. Hit the support the podcast button. Um, if you'd like to get some merch, you can go to head over to my store and buy some podcast merch. And hit me up on Instagram, Howie Spangler. And, oh, also the YouTube, uh, Howie Spangler on the YouTube. Watch all the performance videos. And I have videos up there, if you didn't check them out yet, of me actually making this record. So uh, I will be going live this week. And I'm hoping to have another another hangout. I got to have a procedure tomorrow, actually. or No, a procedure today. I got to leave here in like an hour um i'm getting a procedure on my eye it's this thing on my eyelid it's really weird it's not, i don't know we're gonna have it removed today so i don't know what i'm gonna look like <laughs> for the live stuff um anyway uh everybody have a great day this has been episode number 94 tales from the green room i am your host howie spangler thank you so much for the support see you soon